Howdy, everyone. Welcome to Covfefe Break on Unsafe Space. Today's, I don't know, Friday, <laughs> February 19th. I'm Carter, and I'm joined finally from out from under the snow. We have Gary Smith. Hello, Carter. How are you? I'm all right. Are you unfrozen? And I am. All good? Yes. Your pipe's I'm good. good. That doesn't, that wasn't a metaphor. I mean, your actual pipes. Uh, well, okay. some of them are still frozen. Like we're not using the washing machine yet, things like that, but I'm good. Other people good. have not fared so well. I have a friend whose whole apartment complex got flooded off. Ouch. Like the video is just awful. Just water pouring down from the ceiling. Like, uh, you know, people trying to figure out where to stay, like meet immediate needs, but also having to worry about long-term needs as well because all their stuff is underwater and yeah. yeah and then there have been some people who uh as recently as last night i heard about some people who've had who still haven't had power or heat since sunday night wow so that's quite a while yeah so <clears throat> ours still was, there's still no power in some spots of texas yeah mine ended up being rolling blackouts for four days from sunday night until Wednesday night. Okay. Um, but, you know, so we would have power and then we wouldn't. And then the weird thing I learned during this is I need a new cell phone company because mine <laughs> doesn't work when there's no power. Maybe it's because the cell towers nearby are out too. But uh, so when I was offline, I also had no cell and it was like, okay, this isn't. Yeah, we got like one or two texts from you <clears> today and it, there would be stuff like. <laughs> I might not be able to receive anything ever again. <laughs> so, like, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, and then you were like, like, I was calling via... for our meeting. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Uh, it was kind of like carrier pigeon communication, but that's all yeah. right. Um, you're back in the in the modern world again. Uh, let's do a couple housekeeping things. Uh, if you want to support the show, you can go to unsafespace.com you can, where you can donate there. Or if you want, here's some merch. Beverly made this little graphic. Here's our mostly peaceful shirt. You can buy various items uh, at unsafespace.com if you want, and that's one of them. If you want to have a mostly peaceful protest or advertise it, I guess that's your way. Uh, you can also, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Uh, YouTube does like to unsubscribe people, so if you think you're subscribed, you might not be. So go check that out. Also, book club. Uh, wait. Here's the, here's the book this month thought criminal we're doing book club uh this sunday if you want to join just send an email to speak at unsafespace.com and or or i think there's a facebook group too right carrie where you can say yes you can go the to the unsafe space book club group on facebook yep and uh and just let them know that you let us know that you want to join and you can join book club i did have a chance to interview michael rechtenwald which will be up today probably around 3 p.m. Pacific, although I haven't confirmed that time, but let's guess right around 3 p.m. Pacific. Um, he's the author, and so we talked about his book a little bit. So if you want to watch that prior to Book Club, you can, but there are spoilers in it, so uh, beware. Uh, what else? Oh, Beverly always wants me to promote the Clips channel. If you want to watch clips or actually send clips to people, uh, and you don't want to send two-hour shows to people, but you, there's a clip of something that Carrie or I said that you like, uh, Beverly makes clips of stuff and puts it on the Unsafe Space Clips channel, so go check that out on YouTube. And finally, thank you to Marie Buskey for being my chocolate pusher. What? 
she is uh, i feel like i have a drug dealer in new zealand except for that it's chocolate and when i'm running low i need a fix she just hooks me up uh also beverly in chat says just to clarify she made the ad for the merchandise she didn't make the design becky did she oh yes i'm sorry that. i didn't mean to imply yes becky does most of our shirt designs are becky steyer uh who i think i'm allowed to say i hope i didn't just out you but i think <laughs> i think that's okay um, and so, yeah, she does most of our merch designs. Beverly is the one who has been after me to say something about merch on the show at the beginning of the show. So she made the cool little graphic. So, uh, let's, Hey, you're being welcomed back. Carrie Pirate oh, Tomsky gives us five pounds and says, welcome back oh, to the internet. Carrie. He says, glad you're okay. <clears throat> and back to normal. Have a bit and of a cold. I think it's just oh, from how cold it's been. Yeah, it was freezing in the house. Uh, also, one other quick just housekeeping. Somebody says they I've been somebody gave us a super chat says I've been trying to find Carrie's PO box all week to yep, send a care package. Nice that is actually uh, just email us at speak at unsafespace.com and Carter will give you the PO box. He doesn't let me have one until we make enough money to afford a PO box here. <laughs> so Actually, Beverly will give you the P.O. box. But, uh, okay. yeah, basically we have one P.O. box right now, and I'm closest to it. So if you send something, you have to put Unsafe Space's name on there. But if you just say that it's for Carrie, I don't open it. I'll just forward it to Carrie. So, uh, but you can get that from but Thank you. Get unsafespace.com. Yep. <clears throat> All right. I guess there's a, there's stuff going on this week. What do you do you have anything in particular you want to chat about? It's, I, would I feel like, like we to missed you. Talk on about Monday, Texas. So. so could we talk okay. a little bit about the power grid here in Texas? And yeah. um, I wanted to get your thoughts on some things. And I sent you a couple of things. Uh, one of which is a tweet. There were a lot of people, like Patton Oswalt, the comedian, who's clearly a part of the SJW cult now, and some other people who were tweeting things about how uh, the crisis here in Texas is as a, it's a result of selfish capitalism (laughs) and that people have to suffer because of capitalism. When will we learn and how, you know, we need to, uh, we need to regulate our energy like other States and let the feds Mm -hmm. get involved. And I don't know enough about it to have a, a very nuanced opinion. I do know enough to be very skeptical of blue checkmark elitists, what very wealthy elitists who live in other states who don't even live here, telling us that we should give up our energy independence. And I also have a hard time understanding why they think this crisis would have been managed any better had the federal government been involved. Um, Hey, I'm in California. (laughs) We never have power problems. Because we plugged into the federal grid and we've never had any power problems in California in my, in my entire life. You have to be clear so that totally that's sarcasm. Right. Oh, you I have mean, power. I don't think I have to be clear. Does everyone yeah. know? <laughs> it's yeah. in the national news all the time. Well, just with, yeah. yeah, tone of voice. So obviously that's a great example. California has brownouts and blackouts all the time. So We're very why good would that. they? Yeah, and this is, this is a... A, a, like a black swan event. I saw someone called it, but it's, it's very unusual for this to happen in Texas. And so this unusual circumstance where um, from what I've been reading, it could have been a lot worse if, if not for some of the ERCOT uh, station workers, the grid workers and 
I'm just having trouble understanding why they think it would be better if we give up our energy independence. So could we just talk about this and you could educate me a little bit about what you know? Sure. I, I want to first question the premise. They don't think it would be better. Really? No. I think some of them think, do. They just got... I, they they just, don't care whether yeah. it would be better. This is an opportunity to push an agenda. They don't care what's better. Some of them do care. And Maybe. some of them, yes, and Fair. some of them do believe when I was on the left, I just gut reaction believed that Democrats were the good guys and they had good opinions. So if they said, oh, my gosh, this disaster's happening in Texas and look at all these poor people suffering. Why won't the Republicans let us help people or why won't Texas as a state let us help people? I Yes, I would say, why don't they? And I wouldn't yeah, be saying they? that dishonestly. I wouldn't be saying that dishonestly. So. I don't. I reject outright that there are people who don't care. That, I mean, there are people who don't care, but it, that's not all of them. I'm not saying all of them care. don't care. So why why are they? Can can you walk me through aside from people's motivations? Sure. Why? Well, what is the I, argument for? Well, I don't know that there is an argument that's valid. It's mm -hmm. just Texas. So <clears throat> there's three. My understanding is there's three power grids in the U.S. There's Eastern, Western, and Texas. Uh, so Texas, the federal government, because of the unconstitutional use of the interstate commerce clause that has been normalized at the federal level, uh, because the feds jump into anything that's interstate commerce, they decide they can massively regulate and do whatever they want. Um, and they, they use that to justify lots of stuff. Texans being the relatively liberty-minded independent compared to the rest of the states uh they they were said well we don't we don't want to be plugged into the national power grid because then we have to cross state lines <laughs> and then the feds will get involved so f you feds basically now again i brought it up already california is plugged in across state lines it didn't seem to help us when we had power problems because they were localized power issues and they are going to be localized. Being plugged into the national grid, um, would it have helped? Maybe it might've been helpful, um, but the cost, they're ignoring what the cost would have been for the past several decades having been plugged into the grid and subject to regulation and blah, 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 we, we don't know. But the idea that, I, I, the thing that makes me laugh about this and why I don't even wanna take it seriously is the idea that ERCOT represents a free market of power. It's, <laughs> I mean, all you have to do is, I just looked it up on, I literally just looked at the Wikipedia article. Let's just, like, all you have to do is look at what ERCOT is in the history of it. If, if this is your idea of an unregulated free market, I, I think you have, it's, you must be post lobotomy. This is, massively massively regulated it's governed by a board of directors and subject to oversight by the public utility commission of texas and texas legislature they're directly involved with setting the responsibilities and the agenda of what the little uh organization does it's the it is what's called the first independent system operator in the united states right but independent system operator doesn't mean free market it means 
some little nonprofit corporation that's subject to massive government regulation and oversight and operates within the confines of what a bunch of bureaucrats say it should operate uh, by. And so, like, the idea that, hey, look at the free market in Texas, it's effing everything up, is just dumb. This is yeah. not a free market by any stretch of the imagination. It just happens to be a more locally managed energy company like energy entity i won't even say company it's a it's a non-profit that's basically forced to be in bed with the state okay so it's a state regulated state kind of kind of a state run almost a non-profit that's not free market by anyone's definition ever that's only the free market by the definition of a complete marxist so i don't when I look at those arguments, I just think to myself, what world are you living? Like, how can we possibly even argue this? There's no, I can't argue it. There's nothing to say about it. It's like saying, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think of a good analogy. Like, uh, they're, they're just calling something. They're, they're saying like, see what happens when you go to fine dining, like McDonald's. It's like McDonald's isn't fine dining. What are you talking about? It's not related to fine dining. McDonald's is fast food. This is not free market at all. This is a differently regulated government entity, regulated differently, regulated by different regulators, insulated to a particular state, which happens to be a large state and has frankly, I think done pretty well most of the time. And there was some traumatic event where something happened and they didn't plan well for it and blah, blah. like, okay, fine. I, that happens. It's not like it doesn't happen outside of Texas ever. So I don't, this, they're not, I don't believe that most people are making this argument from an informed, sincere, like they've looked at everything and said, ah, well, what, no, what I definitely blah, don't blah, blah, blah. think, like, I definitely don't think they're informed, but I do yeah, think some of them making, are, are sincere. Yeah, they're just, they're just in that, their, uh, their feelings are in the right place, but they're all feelings and they haven't looked at anything. And they're just spouting out from other states what we should be doing. And it's like nobody, you know, they don't take the time to say, do I know enough about this to have an opinion? And right. I um, I do believe, I was reading a little bit about, there's a state representative from Plano, Texas, a Republican, Jeff Leach, who said that we should make it. At, great politician at the very, name, by the way, Leach. Oh, <laughs> that we should make it at the very least th that the board members, so all of the or or ERCOT board members don't even live in our state. Some of them live outside I heard of some Texas. of them don't, not, but not all right. of them, right? Some of them. Yeah. That's what I said. And that, yeah, that he was saying we should make it so that they all have to live here. And I can get behind that. If you're going to be making I, decisions I for our Who's state. We? Why? Who's we? What do you mean we? Do you own, are you an owner of the electric company? No. Then why do you have any say in how the electric companies run? Why should you? Did you lay wire? And fire, are you, do you have a coal furnace that you're selling? Like, are you selling electricity to people? Yes. No, of course. Well, I hate it when you ask questions like that. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> like, like I, I'm asking you where you get off. Yeah. I'm not like, not personally attacking you, but like, where do you get off telling other people how to run their business? What but makes that, what decisions. gives you that moral right? But they're, my understanding was you said they're necessarily in bed with government. They're making decisions on behalf of the whole state. Sure. So, okay. So if you're going to say, well, they're, I'm stuck with them as part of government and therefore they should, we should manage them better. Fine. But that's, to me, that's like a, 
once you're running a government, once the government is managing something, I'm, I'm, I completely, you know how your eyes glaze over with sometimes with economics, my eyes glaze over when someone's like, here's how the bureaucracy can more efficiently run, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I don't care. That's not an argument. Like, there's no possible way that the bureaucracy can do a good job. It needs to be free market. It's not free market. You want to have arguments about the best efficient way to run a non-free market monopoly on energy in a state? Like, I don't care. I don't know what the answer is. No one knows what the answer is. Do you want to make them live in Texas? I, sure. Unless, what if the most brilliant uh, power grid person in the world lives in Maine and wants to serve on the board? Like, I, who? I don't know. Like, okay. I, who cares where they live? It's just like I don't care where Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz went to Cancun. Shut up. Oh well, we agree on that. I don't care about that. I, that really just I I couldn't understand why they thought that was a gotcha moment because it's not like mayor the mayor in Austin, Steve Adler, who over Thanksgiving told people not to go outside, not to go out, not to have people over, right. not to celebrate Thanksgiving. And then we found out after the fact that he was saying this in a video address from Cabo. He was on a secret trip to Cabo himself. So the reason why that was offensive was not that he went to Cabo. The reason that that was offensive is because he went to Cabo while telling everyone else they couldn't, they couldn't go out and they couldn't be family. It was hypocritical. It was unbridled hypocrisy. That's why that was offensive. Right. So it's almost like leftists don't understand why that was even offensive because they're like, oh, Ted Cruz went to, went to, right, we can make an issue out of that. Yeah, yeah. it's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's called a vacation. He, right. And they're not in session right now. Congress isn't in, he has two weeks off. Right. Um, if I, <laughs> and it's not like he was to, like, hey, we should all Texans should band together and never leave the state and hunker down during the power crisis. That's what I mean. Like, yeah, there's, there was no hypocrisy there. He didn't tell us we couldn't go outside or we couldn't go to Cancun if we could afford it, like, and go on vacation. It's like, it's like they don't even understand what was offensive about the Steve Adler thing. It's like, it's dude, it's not that he went on vacation. Are you guys morons? Vacation is yeah. a problem. So no, I, 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 I don't thought know. that it was made me all think like that. manufactured and dumb. Now, would it have been more uh, politically craven? For him? what can he do? As a, I also think this is a problem of of basic a basic lack of understanding about civics, like and the way government functions. He's not a state senator. He's not a yeah, governor. That's the other thing. He's a representative of Washington. Mayor. He has nothing to do with. Yes, I know. He represents us at the national level, you idiot. He's not a state senator. He's not a governor. He's not a mayor. He's not some local representative. So he has nothing at all that he can do. And whatever he could possibly do, phone calls, whatever, I'm sure he can do it in Cabo. Secondly, like I don't, unless what you think is that it wasn't, uh, he wasn't being calculating enough and craven enough to stay here and pretend to do something for publicity shots. Well, sure, he wasn't, I guess he wasn't a politician in that way. He didn't think it was worth it to fake it. Okay, you're right. Then they would have written articles about how he's faking it. He doesn't have any real power to help. He's just pretending to. (laughs) Right. I mean, the thing is, I thought about it. I was like, is it just because I kind of like Ted Cruz that I don't have a problem with this? And and no, it's it's that I don't have a problem with it. If this had been uh, a, a, a congressman from Texas who was a Democrat who did this, I would say, this is not the same as Steve Adler. I don't understand what you, you know, you're just taking a cheap shot at that point. That's what I thought anyway. Right. I could care yeah. less if he's in Cabo right now, but what I, I'm. So I view that I, I view the management of ERCOT kind of similarly. Right. If someone says, Hey, we're going to put a bunch of people, we're going to put the government in charge of an industry. 
And now, and then they ask me, how should, how should the government manage that? I kind really, the only answer I have is they should not, <laughs> they should get get out. Like you're asking me like, what rules should they have for the board of directors and this and that? Like, yeah, I, I guess you could try and manage them. I mean, you have to try and manage it, but ultimately it's like the answer isn't better management of ERCOT, right? The an the answer is the free market, more yeah. free market. Um, so, you know, and, and well, I saw they're not going to go that direction. So yeah. I guess it doesn't matter, but you know, pe people view th this whole, like, was it, you say patent Oswald said, this is the problem with capitalism or this. Something yeah. About capitalism. He or someone else who retweeted him said that. And he was basically saying, you know, we need to, why won't they let us help people kind of thing. And, you know, it's just greed. And, and, and they were implying this is the fault of free market capitalism. And, but, but also there were people like Jeff Chang, who would, I, I saw all these, all these people online, these blue check mark um, journalists and entertainment people who were all, uh, giddy over the Ted Cruz thing. And that was what I was just like, wait, why are they all retweeting this and talking about this? Like it's a gotcha thing. It's, I guess but, my only point here would be without capitalism, you wouldn't have power. I mean, without capitalism, you wouldn't have power. Well, yeah, true. Well, I just, I mean, I, you don't I also, get the industrial revolution without no, some model of capitalism. <laughs> like, there's no, I, I, always, I also can't, I'm really skeptical of people who just say, because I used to be one of these true believers who would just go along with whatever my party said or people on my side were saying, I would just go along with it. And I wouldn't really think it through. And I try not to do that anymore. I'm trying to figure out, that's why I want to talk about this today. What do I really sure, think? Yeah. But I know I, I know I think that I don't want the federal government involved. One of the things I like about Texas is that we have energy independence. And, yeah. you know, it, it did seem like, uh, like you were saying that some people have bad intent when there's, they're just looking at it as an opportunity. Um, and yeah, the, the people at the top who are pushing this messaging, they absolutely view it that way. Oh, here's a crisis. Now let's tell people we need to do X, Y, Z, but then you get like morons, like just repeating that without many of whom have sincere, a sincere desire to help people. And they just repeat it without thinking about why is this messaging coming down from on high? Why is, why are they saying we should, uh, Texas should be on the federal, you know, grid? I don't know. Anyway, you can tell. So here's the thing in, in reality, <laughs> here in reality, unexpected traumatic things happen. There's variability. There's, there's like variants to the world. So you get inclement weather, you get catastrophic events, you get like thing, things happen viruses, whether or not this particular virus had anything to do with mankind is, is irrelevant. You, you get viruses, you get plagues, you get inclement weather, you get earthquakes, like you get things shift, like thing, things happen in nature. It, things aren't stable. And if you'll notice, every time there's an instability, every time an instability manifests in any way, you have an entire class of people arguing that it could have been prevented by the god of federal government. More government could have prevented this calamity. Uh, and invariably, whatever apparatus they set up in government to prevent the next calamity just makes the next calamity worse. Um, that's usually what happens. Um, and so, you know, I look like, just take this Texas winter storm. 
every single time for the past few years, and I, I'm saying this as a Californian who has been hearing about how the hot weather and the fire risk is all climate change. This is all global warming. This is climate change. This is with the new norm. We're going to have more fires. Climate change, climate, you know, a hot season means climate change. It's proof that climate change. Anyone talking about climate change in Texas? Crickets. Well, no, but I heard uh, I heard Biden was talking about climate change. <laughs> Biden was saying that Texas oh, was, yeah, that Texas oh, was proof the, that our winter, climate, climate change. Yeah, that the winter is proof of climate change and we need further regulation and further government intervention. He was saying all that stuff. Oh, okay, they don't great. they don't need for it to make sense. They just say, well, oh, I there's guess bad weather, climate change. Right. But if you if you're the one who said whenever you bring up if you say something like, "Hey, it's been really cold lately." The radical left will rightly say to you, "Well, that's not evidence uh, against climate change." That's not evidence against global warming. That's just, you're just talking about weather and that's just a variance. That just happens. We're talking about something more important. And yet, whenever warm weather happens, that argument is, they just forget that that's an argument and suddenly that's taken as evidence slash proof of global warming. It's all just totally dishonest. The way that all of this is treated is just completely dishonest and it's always with an agenda. And, you know, the fact that the agenda is always exactly the same should give you pause. Like... The agenda is always the elites need more power. Okay. Here, here's listen to this. This might surprise you then because now it's to the point where they're not doing what you're saying. They're not saying when it gets super cold and unusually cold that it's just weather. They're now saying, well, that's also evidence of climate change. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so yeah. I guess this is, <laughs> they've yeah. gotten even bolder. Here's Everything the headline USA Today. This is from today. Um, uh, climate change is real. That's in quotes. Biden administration says Texas power crisis shows U.S. unprepared <laughs> for extreme weather. Uh, it says the White House, listen to this, President Joe Biden's administration said Thursday that, quote, the full support of the federal government, end quote, remains extended to Texas, still paralyzed by a winter storm that left millions without power in dangerous conditions. The White House also blamed climate change for the Arctic-like temperatures and heavy mm. snow in Texas and other parts of the U.S., arguing that it shows why infrastructure in the U.S. is in need of sweeping upgrades. Um, and then it goes on to talk about, I mean, again, pushing an agenda, using cri a crisis and, and, and exploiting people's tragedy to push an agenda. Here's a simple Well, this. this is Let why they renamed it to climate change, because it's hard to argue that Winter it's in not Texas global, is global warming. warming. <laughs> right. I remember people used to say, wait, how is this part of global warming? Okay, quote, climate change is real and it's happening now and we're not adequately prepared for it. Uh, this is, who said this? This is Sherwood Randall. Who's that? Oh, Liz Sherwood Randall, Homeland Security Advisor in the White House. So she says climate change is real and it's happening now and we're not adequately prepared for it. And in particular, Power grids across our country, particularly in Texas, are overloaded by the demands that are placed on them under these circumstances. Um, okay, she says the Biden administration will be uh, leading in an effort to strengthen and harden our critical infrastructure and to prepare for the full spectrum of challenges that we're likely to face in the future. Um, 
And then she talks about how he wants to do a lot of infrastructure spending in his build back better proposal. And then, and then it says, here we go. Listen, last one, last thing. Some scientists, but not all say there could be a connection between global warming and the wandering polar vortex that explains the unseasonably low temperatures in the South this week. There could be. There could be. Some scientists Some scientists say there could be. Yeah, I'm I'm actually surprised they included some scientists but not all instead of just saying scientists say that's usually what they do. Scientists yeah, they say they should have just said that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm really shocked they admitted it's some scientists. Uh yeah. Maybe the normal scientists that they called said no. So they had to call their <laughs> extra set and they're like, Oh well, let me find some do you have a grad student I can talk to? Because maybe he'll agree. Uh, yeah. <laughs> then they quote one of the one of the some scientists who say this, but they don't quote someone who says the opposite. Anyway, I'm done. I'm done reading it. That's it. <laughs> yeah. So I mean that's I don't have a great answer to the Texas power thing because I don't understand Texas power too well. I just looked on Wikipedia, read about what ERCOT is and shrugged and went like, okay, like I, that's your, your big criticism of the free market is ERCOT. I don't, I don't even know what planet you live on. That's not the free market. It's in no way related to the free market. There's nothing about that. That's free market. Um, but, uh, okay. Um, that that's, that's where we are. Well, I don't know if I have any, uh, if my opinions are any more forms than they were before this conversation, but thank you for having it with me. <laughs> yeah. I'm, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. I, I'm still figuring out what I think. Oh, one thing I, somebody pointed out and I looked this up and this is true is that, um, someone Bruce told me Texas is among the States with the lowest cost per kilowatt hour in the nation. Yes, that is true. I have looked into that because I used to run Bitcoin miners. So by the way, last I checked power in California, <clears throat> which I think we have you beat in terms of the number of days I was without power the last few years on average is still worse than the number of days you're without power in Texas. So wow. uh, we, I think we paid somewhere around 23 cents a kilowatt hour. Wow. And it's like 6.5 or 6.7 or something in Texas. No, so, it's no. On average now in Texas, it's like 10 or 11 cents. But okay. It depends on the spot I'm I was at, looking at in Texas was like 6.7. It depends yeah. on where you are probably. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, uh, that's – it's less than half the price. It's, it's less than the national average. Like, we're yeah. doing better than a lot of states. Right. And so, you uh, know. So, and, and every, look, everything's a trade-off. Maybe you could have prepared better for freezing pipes. But maybe it would have meant that you've been paying 23 cents per kilowatt hour for the last two decades because that's what it would have cost. And maybe – as bad as this was, it's worth being without power for a few days every two decades because it allows you to have cheaper infrastructure. I don't know, right? But like also, everything's a trade-off. Well, a lot Everything. of the a lot of the people who um a lot of the newer construction that's been happening in Texas, they don't I think I don't think they prepared for this. Well, obviously they didn't prepare for this kind of weather because most of the flooding I've heard about just anecdotally from friends has been sprinkler systems in apartment complexes the sprinkler right. systems froze and whatever they were using for piping for those systems it wasn't you know right. designed to withstand this so they maybe they just yeah, need to spend a little more money on that and uh but yeah it's 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 almost like uh you know how we were talking about that about how 
politics at the local level is more important than the national level. And I'm really starting to become a believer in that. And one of the heroes in this crisis for me is one of the, my city council members who I really like. And he was doing updates, even when he was one of the people who didn't have any power. He, you know, I had a rolling blackout. He just had a blackout. <laughs> Some people just had a blackout. And he was still doing video updates from his car. And he was keeping us abreast of all the developments. And and I just like the way he thinks, you know, he was answering questions, just random questions from people. And one question was like, why doesn't the, why don't, you know, why doesn't the town invest in snowplows? And he's like, I've lived here 36 years. We've never had this happen before. I'm not going to spend taxpayer money on something we only need every 36 years. I'm like, wow. Right. <laughs> I really and, like and that. I like your answer. Yeah. I mean, one thing you can I, do I mean, is I like you can that. look at, yeah, you can look at how insurance companies handle things like actuaries calculate risk, right? And they, they'll help calculate how much an insurance company should charge you for a particular kind of insurance. And sometimes the answer for things is not preventative. Sometimes you look at something and you say, well, <clears throat> there could be a catastrophe and the catastrophe will cost X, but preventing the catastrophe will on average cost 10X. So don't prevent the catastrophe. <laughs> Just put a little money aside, insure yourself against the catastrophe. Like that's better than prevent, like you can't. There, everything in your life you could do, you could have a safer car. You could have a car that costs $200,000 instead of $30,000 or whatever you're, right? You could have a car that's got, you know, 15,000 airbags and turns into styrofoam like in Demolition Man and like is, you know, that like does, you know, has a bazillion different proximity sensors. And like, you could, you could have a car that's massively safer for a lot more money, but it it's just... It's not worth it because maybe yeah. you couldn't afford a car if you had to pay two hundred thousand dollars for a car. So you know, the, the, there's no point in getting outraged that bad things happen. Yeah, we live in a we live in a, a time where I don't know. People just I think we've been so comfortable for so long. Just yeah. speaking on the average culturally in this country, that we forget that nature exists and that she's trying to kill us. And then yeah, nature sucks. That, that's the thing. Like na nature, nature is starving naked alone in the woods, like and possibly being eaten. That's what nature is. Like your right. primary means of survival as a human is your functioning mind, which you use to alter nature. <laughs> like yes. you use it to avoid and cheat nature. That's what we use our brains for. Hey, I'm putting up a house so you can't rain on me. I'm, I'm going to have doors so that wild animals can't get in. I'm yeah. going to invent vaccines and penicillin or whatever it is so that your stupid bacteria can't kill me. Like all of that is fight against nature. Nature's not, it's, it's not like I, I, people seem to think that their couch and Netflix is like the natural norm. I should be able to sit here and order pizza and watch movies all day long. And anything that disturbs that is somehow the fault of the government because they didn't protect me from it. Like. You know, the world hates you. I mean, nature hates you. If it had will, it doesn't actually hate you. It doesn't give a crap about you. Right. But, but it's just, <laughs> um, I'm going to send you this thing. Actually, you may not have seen this just before we finish on the Texas stuff, because I think I'm, I'm curious to see what your opinion is on this. Okay. It might be mixed. I might not be able to predict your opinion on this. 
So there was this Texas mayor from Colorado City, Texas. It's, apparently it's pronounced Colorado City or something, Texas. And he, so the news is saying that he resigned after posting this on Facebook, but he said he had already resigned a few days before. So he felt free to say what he wanted. I'm going to put um, this up here. Ready? Yeah. So his post, and if you scroll down, you can get to his post. I just want to read what he said. His name was Tim Boyd. And of course the media is, well, I'll read this and you can guess what the media is saying. So he says, let me hurt some feelings while I have a minute. Exclamation, exclamation. <laughs> I like him already. <laughs> no one owes you or your family anything, nor is it the local government's responsibility to support you during trying times like this. Sink or swim, it's your choice. The city and county, along with power providers or any other service, owes you nothing. I'm sick and tired of people looking for a damn handout. If you don't have electricity, you step up and come up with a game plan to keep your family warm and safe. If you have no water, you deal without and think outside the box to survive and supply water to your family. If you are sitting at home in the cold because you have no power and are sitting there waiting for someone to come rescue you <laughs> because you're lazy, it's a direct result of your raising. Only the strong will survive and the weak will perish. Folks, God has given us this tools to support ourselves in times like this. By the way, do you see this that is sadly typo? I love yeah, the parish a, typo. <laughs> there's a lot of typos. It's okay. This is sadly a product of this is sadly a product of socialist government where they feed people to believe that the few will work and others will become dependent for handouts. And I'm sorry that you've been dealing without am I sorry that you've been dealing without electricity and water? Yes. Exclamation. But I'll be damned if I'm going to provide for anyone that is capable of doing it themselves. Exclamation. We have lost sight of those in need and those that take advantage of the system and mess mesh them into one group. Bottom line, quit crying and looking for a handout. Get off your ASS and take care of your own family. Bottom line, don't be a part of the problem. Be a part of the solution. Okay, so what do you think? How did, how did the media respond to this? Oh, I mean... <laughs> That's like the question I asked you earlier when you were like, I hate when you okay. ask me questions like that. Okay. Well, uh, they, did, they of course, think he's awful and selfish and, um, and, and that he's not empathetic. And I agree with that. I think he's a little harsh. I do. Oh, I do. But uh, you don't. No. What do you, what do you think about this? It's, he's just right. I mean, the <laughs> only exception, the only exception is that if the local government is taking a bunch of tax money from you, then they do owe you something. They owe you yes, your tax money back. They do. Um, but, you know, I don't think that's what he's referring to. Like, that's not what people are. The people he's talking to are not people saying, I want my taxes back. Um, and when you, the problem is when you, when you take money from someone, they start to feel entitled because you you're claiming to provide some service that they don't even buy they don't want to buy voluntarily you're taking the money and saying i'm trust me i'm the government i'm going to provide a service for you then you're kind of obligated to provide the service which is why you shouldn't be taking money in the first place but uh but in general i think he's right like there are just you know everyone's just it's like i was saying before sitting on the couch watching netflix and ordering pizza like if i can't do that it's someone else's fault it's like well i mean you know i'm sorry but power is not free it's not easy actually 
Go try and produce electricity on your own. See how far you get. It's not simple. It's not a simple thing to do. And no one owes you that. You don't have a contract with anyone that says, I promise to give you power even if, you know, acts of God and nature make my pipes freeze and burst in my plants. Like, no, there is no obligation there. Well, I think, I think what he was saying, I, I, I do think he was a little harsh and, but, but I think what he was trying to say at least was that you need to have more of a survivalist mentality. I think this was his version of a bad cop pep talk. Of How like, was it harsh you know, though? Like what was harsh about it? Well, because at the time he's saying this, there are nursing homes where there's no heat and, and power and they've sure. rolled all the residents. My fella delivered a bunch of stuff to, to nursing homes yesterday because they were asking for people to come help. They had rolled all the residents into the main room and had them gathered around a generator with a radiator. Like, yeah. and that's, there are people suffering, especially elderly people. And in Houston, sure, but, I heard, but pointing they had out buses. reality isn't harsh. I know. It's just that there are people who are in the midst of suffering. It's hard to hear a, something like this. It, I, you know. I get that it would upset people, but I, I don't, yeah. to me, there's a difference between being harsh and upsetting people. To, to me, being harsh would be upsetting a reasonable person who is acting rationally, <laughs> not like upsetting someone who's just in an emotionally triggered state right now, because like, you know what? Okay. So, I mean, if someone smokes for 30 years, and then has lung cancer and you say to them, well, you smoked for 30 years, what the hell did but you this expect? Isn't That's harder. not harder. I'm talking about, okay, in the case of the nursing homes, that's not there. These are elderly people who it's not like they, it's not like, hey, buck up 90 year old with dementia, you know, get out there and provide for your family. No, well, but he the, explicitly said in there, there's people who actually can't help themselves. And we're right, focused, that's true. Right. That's true. So, you know, he made it, he drew a distinction between people whining, right, who didn't want to help themselves and people who actually couldn't right. help themselves. Right. Um, in fact, one of his points was by lumping them together, you're ignoring the people who actually can't help themselves. Yeah. Or you're diluting the Right, efforts. that's true. Um, so, well, anyway, before before we just, got off. But, but anyway, let me just state this, because I, what I was trying to say was, before you interrupted me, not to be a pain about it, but that I thought he was a little harsh, but I do agree that the message he's trying to say is that we need to have more of a survivalist mentality and that we've gotten really weak culturally. And we do, even I, I mean, I've gotten to where I depend on things to work. I, I depend on when I turn my faucet water comes out and, you know, and this is our taught me things that I need to do to be better prepared in the future for sure. Um, and, and the other thing was once we got power back, my friend, uh, Mandy, wanted us to watch little house on the prairie which if you haven't watched that <laughs> in a long time watch episode one okay they actually are in a, a, a covered wagon there's a huge storm and rain they have to ford a river <laughs> then they almost drown the horse almost drown and then they have to build a house they have to build their house <laughs> like <laughs> and then keep the wolves out and and the indians and I mean, come on, what do we If only they had known about their white privilege card, they could have played. I mean, that would have made a little house much easier. <laughs> they have to bring water up from the creek just to do laundry. Yeah, what it probably we... <laughs> has like protozoa and other crap in it. Right. Yeah. But we're like, and we're like, my Netflix isn't working. <laughs> right, yeah. It's paused. God damn it. 
Anyway, uh, one last thing. Somebody in chat said this was not a super chat, but I saw it scroll by. Somebody mentioned that Texas. Oh, Yolanda says Tim Pool's guest did a great job at explaining how Texas government forced the state to rely more on wind power than in the past. Texas has had cold temperatures like this before, but not with this power supply. That's true. We have moved a little more towards renewable energy. However, just like just the same way that they are quick on the left to say, oh, the fault of this is is free market capitalism. The fault is that Texas is has its own grid. The fault is that Texas is energy independent and without really doing the research. I don't want to I don't want to be like that when it comes to green energy and say, oh, the fault is green energy without actually knowing. And I looked up. I looked I up for my in this case. I don't think it is. I looked up in my town and and it's such a small amount that it's not I don't I think it's negligible. Such a small there amount was an of article our, and reason yeah. about how uh it wasn't actually green power that caused the problem in Texas at all. As much as I do agree that there's lots of problems with solar and wind and all that stuff, uh I don't think it was the case here yeah well somebody's saying texas is now 23 percent win or 25 percent win yeah but i'm saying in my town is on its own power grid and we are not 25 percent wind and we still had rolling blackouts we we're even yeah. less than that so i yeah. also you know i i will say i didn't like there was also the article that was praising the ERCOT employees that were like we were minutes away from you sent me this article i think oh yeah minutes away from catastrophe that could have lasted months it's interesting to me how the media wants to create superheroes out of this. And the whole, cause I was thinking like, really, you guys were minutes away from a catastrophe? <coughs> like, what are the, what's the heroics that happened that I'm, so I read the article about the heroics and it was and like, they don't tell you. no, the heroics were, they did their job, which is when the power gets too much demand in one spot, they have to turn it off so it doesn't overload. Like, okay, that but that's their entire job. That's how you manage the power grid. That like that's literally their job. So <laughs> the whole article is like, hey, there were people employed to make sure that parts of the grid weren't overwhelmed and they did that. Hero. I mean, I don't I don't know why that's the story, but I think that's the story because I I think that paper is not treating ERCOT as if it's a free market entity and treating it like it's some government, you know, they're, they're trying to, newspapers love heroic bureaucrats for some reason, probably because they don't actually exist in real life much. So um, they, try, they try and make heroes out of bureaucrats, but yeah, they shut the power down like they were supposed to. Good job. Um, all right, <laughs> Sweet Lou. Sweet Lou gives us a super chat and says, Hearing about Texans normally paying a few hundred, getting charged thousands of dollars for this current electric bill, billing cycle. <clears throat> Good luck, Carrie. I did hear I did hear the cost spiked to like nine thousand dollars per whatever. I don't remember what it was from thirty or something. I don't even um, want to look at my bill, and I also don't want to look at my water bill because we kept all the faucets running for four days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I I imagine that they will even out it's it's bad for business if it were a free market it would be bad for business to enforce like orders of magnitude price rage like price increments that you didn't even approve of so like in a free market i'm sh that i don't think that would stick right if if for some example like let's say you had it power is weird because <clears throat> 
there's not really other services where like Netflix can't be like, oh, you went over a threshold. So now your bill is $3,000 this month. Like that's not a thing that can happen uh, with other businesses normally. So, uh, but it does, it can't, like, theoretically it can happen with electricity and they don't, there's not, to my knowledge, there's not really a mechanism where you can say, yo, 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 if, if it gets to be a dollar a kilowatt hour, stop my electricity and like, I mean, like I'm not paying more than whatever it is. So there's not a mechanism for that. So I don't, if they're just arbitrarily charging you massive amounts of money, I, I can't imagine that sticking if yeah. people complain, uh, if but people complain. Uh, uh, you know what? I'm actually, I, I just want to make a correction for anyone listening. I was totally wrong. Oh, yeah. I just looked this up to confirm about my town and I was saying oh. it was less than 25% because I was looking at this bar graph. And now that I looked at it closer, the bar graph, the little tiny part at the bottom is they've, all of these are wind farms, except oh. one is gas. So the, I was looking at the one little wind. Oh, that's a small part of the bar, but it's actually, it's actually, we're primarily wind farms. <laughs> <laughs> so, most of your town is wind. so maybe in your case, green energy did have some, I don't know. Uh, I got to send this to you. Okay. <laughs> Not that we have to look at it now, but you have to, you have to help me parse this later. Okay. Okay. <laughs> we should do super chats. Uh, yeah, I, I don't. I don't know that wind. I, I'm not familiar with the technology enough, though, to know that a wind farm would be like worse than or better than a coal plant in terms of like if the coal plant wasn't designed for sub-zero temperature, which well, one's better? I don't know. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, because a like, lot of the wind turbines. You can't be like, well, the wind. Froze. The wind things went out. It's like, yeah, well, the cold stuff went out. The coal burning stuff went out as well. So what the hell do you want? Like it doesn't. Yeah. You can't blame wind. Um, you know, everything went out. All right. Uh, oh wait, next one is shameless plug for natural gas. This is from tax Terra shameless plug for natural gas, whole home generators, furnaces, and stoves. We have alt power and heat source. In addition to having food and water, our Texas home was warm and cozy all week. Yay. Tax Terra. Uh, I want to underline something she said, cause I have a generator and it's a gas generator and I only have a gas generator because I got it at the last moment a year and a half ago or whenever when we were having power outages in California and they were ramping up and I didn't have time to to source a diesel or natural gas generator. If you're going to get a generator, do what Taxterra did if you can get a natural gas or diesel generator because regular gas doesn't last. Like mm -hmm. it it degrades over time. So I actually now I'm in this weird thing where I've got cans of gas for the generator that I have to use to fill up the Range Rover <laughs> every month or two and then refill so that the gas doesn't get stale. So like uh, I'm now in this kind of cycle so my gas doesn't get stale so that I always have fresh gas for the generator, which I wouldn't have to do if it was a natural gas generator. Um, but it was the best I could do at the time and it worked. So um, it sounds like you're, it's idea. like a video game. You're constantly having to go get gas and supplies. <laughs> yeah, 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 I upped my health. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. A lot of maintenance. I like to, I'm that person who spends way too much time on games doing maintenance. It's like people watch and walk in and be like, oh, your game doesn't look very exciting because I'm just like moving things around to packs and making more room <laughs> and collecting things. <laughs> it's always packing. <laughs> That's been my excuse. So, uh, I think I mentioned my wife is playing Cyberpunk 2077 yeah. now. And, uh, she's like, every time I look, almost every time I look, she's like, either 
playing like figuring out some like not in the gameplay like figuring something out like changing her outfit or the look yeah. or the character or doing something or like yes. you know some kind yes. of like something upgrading some tech like sorting through her weapons like oh, this, that's, it, yeah yeah most of the time i used to play fallout new vegas this was years ago and i seriously my ex-husband said he thought the game was he said it should be called spreadsheets because every time i come in you're just moving things between your pack and your companion's <laughs> pack <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> trying to amazing. keep as many supplies as possible. <laughs> I think if they were really smart, they would they would like put actually some kind of underlying work to be done underneath the game, so that the humans were actually performing tasks that were like necessary in actually real time. Useful? Like, you know, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Like actually, like, you're you're moving things around, but you're actually saving the power grid in real time. Yeah, like there is actually a spreadsheet <laughs> underneath there, and you're moving things around appropriately. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay uh, like a mechanical turks for video video game okay uh <laughs> pupta says dan crenshaw posted a good explanation of how urklot works and what happened with alex epstein last night oh cool see what happened in texas i will alex alex is the guy that wrote the book um crap what's the name of the book some book about fossil fuels it's a good book um Check it out. I don't remember the title, but the word fossil fuels and Alex Epstein, you can look up. Um, all right. Pirate Tomsky says, isn't it interesting that everything that happened in the U.S. was Trump's fault, but now Biden gets to say, oh, no, that's the state's problem. <laughs> yeah, that's right. If Trump had been in office, Texas's power failure would be Trump's oh, failure. Oh, can you imagine? Yeah. yeah, I hadn't even thought about that, but he's absolutely right. If, if, mm -hmm. if Texas were... Texas. If Trump were in office, they would be laying Texas at his feet. Yes, they would. They're probably still uh, laying Texas at his feet somehow. Yeah, I'm sure. They're trying to lay it at Cruz's feet. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah, right. Adam Coleman says hyperinflation, Biden excuses Chinese slavery, government failure during a nation disaster, cats and dogs living together, yet the mainstream media cries about Ted Cruz. Yeah. That's not a mistake. Well, yeah. I think after Trump left, they're trying to figure out what's their new boogeyman because they have mm. it worked so well for them to have this boogeyman to focus everyone's hatred on and to, to divide the nation. And and I was thinking, what is the media going to do now? And so far, what we've seen them do, at least in, in my opinion, is they've still tried to keep him alive as a boogeyman. That's what this impeachment impeachment trial was about is to like keep him around and keep us distracted and keep the boogeyman thing going but they've got to find a new one and they're sort of like testing out different ones and so i think part of this ted cruz stuff was they were testing out to see if they could generate as much uh you know be the boogeyman can he be the boogeyman can he be the thing that generates clicks and and gets ad revenue for for the media sites and i don't think he can I don't think people well they do need someone to to like be they do need someone to distract people from what they're doing yeah well they um, tried to make it that uh, woman for a while the woman who they said uh believed in conspiracy theories and stuff oh yeah yeah, yeah. they yeah. tried to make they, it and her. They stripped her of her power in congress right? yeah <clears throat> yeah but they haven't found a really good one yet yeah. anyway the gay rascal says carter i'm currently reading rothbard's the progressive era and oh my god government corporations and scientists hand in hand deja vu yeah, you know what? I would like to read more about the Progressive Era because the more I read about the Progressive Era, the more I can't stand progressivism. 
<laughs> like the the origins, the ideology, like it's just a cesspool. Um, and some of the stuff you think is new, and it turns out it's not new at all. Um, Bart Tomsky says climate change is white supremacy, right? It's isn't it amazing how the radical left picks topics like climate change and critical race theory to push their global agenda, globalist agenda. Yeah. Uh, this is not a super chat, but uh, two things. One, C. Jones says the woman's name we were trying to think of is Marjorie Green. And you're right. Thank you for that. And oh, Lutra yeah, asks a question and says, who is they? Uh, when I say they, or in that sentence anyway, when I'm saying they, <laughs> they are trying to find a new boogeyman, I mean the cathedral. And when I say the cathedral, I know people have different meanings for that. But when I say the cathedral, I mean this unholy trinity of legacy media, big social, and deep state, like the political elite. So yeah. that's what I mean. Uh, cool. By the way, one other thing Tom, Pirate Tomsky's uh, super chat makes me think of is uh, the Great Reset. So if you haven't been paying attention to Ian's Great Reset videos, one of which he did about prepping, so would have been good to watch for Texans prior to all this. Um, go check him out. Uh, Azor says, I'm late. I'm late for a very coffee date. Thank you. Thank you, Azor. <laughs> um, Thank you. Columbus Cynic gives us 50 bucks and says, safety usually invites carelessness. Make a safer vehicle. Folks drive dumber. Yes. Uh, in fact, I actually think it's not safety per se. It's the outsourcing of your safety to someone else that makes you irresponsible. So if you're responsible for your own safety, you can act in ways that are safe and maybe you like, intentionally go buy a car with safety features. And yeah, maybe it makes you drive a little bit more. Maybe you're right. Maybe you still drive a little bit dumber. But I think one of the, one of the most dangerous things that's happened, and it's happened in almost every industry, it's happened with everything from the, the you know, FDA <laughs> to, um, you know, power companies and everything else. Like, you know, I'll put companies in quotes. Um, is there's this there's this idea that us well maybe in finance right there's this idea that there's a big we'll say big brother there's a big brother out there who's protecting you and don't worry that bad man can't sell you something that's not the best in the world and awesome because we're protecting you and so you you go about your life thinking that you have no personal responsibility like you go buy something and ingest it and you feel like it's someone else's job to make sure that that thing is fine. Are right? you going to talk about the Gorilla Glue thing? Oh, I could. I didn't even I think about that. I thought that's where you were headed, that's but a, yeah. No, but that's a great idea, right? You go buy Gorilla Glue, and you're like, well, they wouldn't sell this if it wasn't okay to put on my hair, which is moronic, obviously. But um, you can then get – actually, now people are getting – she got sympathy after all of this. I don't know. if Is she trying to sue? Well, I I, I actually I had sympathy for her until I heard she was considering <laughs> suing, and then I thought, wait, what? I was feeling bad you for had you. Sympathy for her? Yeah, of course, of course, I had sympathy for her. It's stuck on there. I've done stupid things before. I mean, I've never put gorilla glue in my hair, but I've done things that other observers might consider equally stupid. And I guess I guess I could have sympathy in that sense. Like, oh, that's too bad. And with permanent con repercussions or these, these, yeah. you know, so yeah, I felt bad for her, but until I heard, then there was an article about she's going to sue Gorilla Glue. And that just right. was like, no, but, why, but she feels like she can sue Gorilla Glue because she's living in this fantasy world. 
this virtual reality that the state has set up where you're not actually responsible for anything. The world should have safeguards. There should be safety right. fenders and bumpers on everything. So like you shouldn't be able to mistakenly put Gorilla Glue in your hair. Yes, they were saying right? that she had a case because uh, it, it tells you on Gorilla Glue not to ingest it, but it doesn't tell you not to put it on your hair. Well, right. there's an infinite number of things it, it doesn't tell you not to do. You like, inject it. <laughs> what? Right, right. Yeah. But but that's she only has a case in a world in which it's everyone else's responsibility to tell you how to behave responsibly. Like where where that manufacturer is responsible for your use of the product. Right. Right. Which it's so dumb. They it's shouldn't like, be. It's like, hey, you know, forks to forks come with a hey, don't stick the fork in your eye. Like, I mean, that's just right. there. You can't. There's an infinite number of things you can put on every product. You made me think holding. of three rotten scoundrels. Just that's how I was thinking. Why is the cork on the fork? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oklahoma, Oklahoma, Oklahoma. I love that movie. It's a good movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I mean, it's it's the uh, it's the world run by safety Nazis, and they. They, they get your buy-in by telling you they're going to keep you safe. But what they do is they dumb you down um, and they make you completely irresponsible and incapable of surviving in the world. You're incapable. Like you're, that woman is incapable of picking up Gorilla Glue and thinking to herself, it's my responsibility to figure out what this is for and how it's used. And is it good to ingest or inject or put on my hair or what, you know, what's, what will be a safe thing to do with Gorilla Glue? That's my responsibility. Right? Instead, she picks it up and her mentality is anything I can do anything with this, unless it's explicitly prohibited on this label in a way that I can read. And if it's too small in print, then I can still sue them. Right. Yeah. I mean, I've that's... done, I was trying to think of something equally dumb that I've done and there've been a few. One was uh, I, I had an earache once and I had read something about using tea tree oil in your ear, but mm. I've, I, I, I read this online and I didn't read closely the part about diluting it. And I put straight tea tree oil on my ear. Mm. I thought it was going to, I thought I was going to have to go to the ER. It was going to burn. That's less great. That's less, that's not as bad. It's pretty bad. It's pretty dumb. It's not as bad. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not going to put you in that category. That's not the same as gorilla glue on your hair. It's just not. <laughs> but it's not like eating a Tide Pod. I'm going to sue the tea tree. <laughs> Well, hey, there's warning labels on five-gallon buckets for a reason, right? Yeah. You know. Uh, okay. okay. Sue Escobar says, grid attacks are next. Uh, Texas is a, text, a test run. Weather warfare. I recommend people watch uh, – sorry, people research NASA war document 2025 from 2001. It exists, not conspiracy. I don't know anything about that, Sue Escobar, but that sounds quite interesting. Oh, uh, actually, someone else sent me something that I haven't had a chance to read that Anomaly shared. And it was about uh, it was about weather warfare. It was an article about China and it was from a legacy media source. It wasn't from some kooky source. So I definitely want to read more about that, Sue. Hmm. And someone else sent me that, too. Is it like in the movie Conspiracy Theory where he's making this argument that like NASA can create earthquakes with their satellites? <laughs> Is it like that kind of a thing where like there's an argument that they can create weather somehow? I don't know. I don't know. Let me see if I can find the article. You read more Super Chats. I'm just, I'm just curious. Uh, 
Azor Ahai says, popping the big question tomorrow. Wish me luck. Good <gasps> luck. Azor. Congratulations. Preemptively, awesome. congratulations. Yeah, preemptively. Uh, good luck. Say yes. That's Just don't awesome. tell her you watch the show. Yeah. Uh, or him. I don't, I'm sorry. I'm making assumptions. I don't even know your gender. So. Uh, Azor has, um, Azor is in our, our Discord, which is open. Uh, anybody who contributes financially has access to our Discord, and there are different boards and stuff in there. And in the pet board, I hope I can say this, Azor. I got to see a picture of his girlfriends, and oh, they cool. have a and they have a bearded dragon. I would suggest you ah. pop the question somehow with the bearded dragon involved. Make the bearded dragon <laughs> bring the ring to her. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'll fight you naked. Says, how long did you have to go without a hot shower? So, getting a little personal with Carrie. Carrie, oh well, talk about your showering habits. Uh, it, I didn't, I didn't lose water, so I was fine. You'll have I, to go I, to Carrie's OnlyFans for discussions about her showering habits. I, kept, I, uh, I kept my faucets running, and only one of them froze, and my uh, washer dryer froze. But, uh, but yeah. Anyway, I didn't have. Some people were without water. I was not. Uh, Rebecca Pirate Queen says Laura Ingalls Wilder was an OG libertarian. Well, you kind of had to be back in those days. I mean, I guess you didn't have to be, but right? I mean, yeah. The, you were responsible for yourself and your life. So libertarianism wasn't like, I don't think anyone would have to like ask you. You had to take <laughs> if, care if they of said, yourself. Hey, how about, how about some guy in Washington's responsible for your food? She'd have been like, what the hell are you talking about? No, they had to build their own house. And they, and also, and we were laughing because after all of this, Michael Landon, right, he like fords the river, first of all. He gets out in the river and pulls the horses and the whole buggy across. Then he builds a whole house and puts a roof on it. I think and, I remember this episode, and, by the way. Yeah. And he plays fiddle. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> we were like, and he plays the fiddle. We were laughing like a. <laughs> My friend Mandy was saying she might do a uh, a funny, a satirical site about dating ads during Little House in the Prairie time. It's like, Andy plays fiddle. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, a Michael Landon today would be leaps and bounds above, above, oh uh, above almost all guys that would be on any dating app. Yeah. Sexy. And he would be hated as a white misogynist. He would be hated. Okay, I'm going to send you this article. It's from The Guardian. There's also one in CNN. This is about China's weather modification efforts. And this is from December of 2020. Ah, China. It's always, it always comes back to China. Um, Tax Terra says, the only reason why wind and solar power exist is because of corporate welfare, tax incentives. Stop corporate, corporate welfare. It's a scam. I don't know if that's the only reason it exists, but I do agree that we should stop corporate, corporate welfare. Uh, and definitely there is a oligarchy of companies and like company execs and government officials who like to pass laws about you got to do this because my friend Joe runs a company doing that and you can't do that because this his company also you know mitigates against that thing or whatever it is you know that there's that's how the oligarchies work um <laughs> wait I'm sorry what? this is this is not a super chat but uh Someone in chat named YouTube, which is funny, said <laughs> said right after the home was built in Little House on the Prairie, Amway and Jehovah's Witnesses knocked at the door. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. For uh, 
Adam, <laughs> or uh, sorry, uh, Lieutenant, it might be Lieutenant Seaver. Lieutenant Seaver says, Adam Curry addressed the issue. He lives in Austin. On yesterday's No Agenda Show, noagendashow.net. Oh yeah, so, so I, I heard that. Thank you, Lieutenant Silver Cyber. Someone, someone who told me about this said they heard it from Adam Curry. Oh, cool. Um, and he's talking about addressing the issue of like what's going on with the power. Uh, no, uh, no uh, China weather modification. Oh, China weather weather modification. Okay. Yeah. Um, G Man says, as a kid in I Indiana, think. what? And go ahead. G-Man says, as a kid in Indiana, my parents kept me warm during snowstorms by making me go out and shovel the driveway. Hey, same thing in upstate New York, buddy. Uh, I I sweat in my snow pants and snowsuit. Yeah, that's one way. Uh, Andrew Joyner says, so are you getting Bridget on anytime soon? Actually, I don't know the answer to that. Carrie might know. We're we getting Bridget. I don't know uh, answer yet. Okay. But we will keep you updated. And we had to move some interviews. Obviously, we had to move as heels versus babyface from oh, Friday yeah. Night Tights and Nerd Rotic. Um, he, we were going to be doing that live on Wednesday, and I didn't have power, so we'll let you know a new date for that soon. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, let's see here. Sorry, we got another super chat from G Man. G Man says on personal responsibility. Did you see any of the GameStop hearings this week? One rep asked if a person should have a certain level of sophistication before being allowed to invest their own money. I did not. That is not surprising. And this is um, this is actually something that's bothered me for a long time in other areas. Um, I don't know if I don't know if everyone knows this. So this has changed a little bit with crowdsource, like crowdfunding. There's been some crowdfunding law updates, but um when you are doing like startup investing so like if you want to you can make a lot of money for example if you bet on mark zuckerberg when he's eating ramen from his dorm in harvard you could you could do quite well right of course you could lose it all if you bet on the wrong person but um if you bet on mark zuckerberg when when he's you know got nothing you can get a piece of the company and you can do quite well and so um However, in order to invest in startups, you have to be what's called an accredited investor. And an accredited investor does have to meet these requirements of sophistication or at least enough financial assets that, you know, the government feels good about you investing, that if you lose the money, they're not going to cry about your, your losses. And it's presented as this way to protect you know, the, the, the presentation of this is, oh, well, we have to protect little old ladies. Grandma has her life savings and Mark Zuckerberg's going to come along and bamboozle her out of her life savings. And she's going to invest, you know, $50,000, which is all she's saved up for her whole life. And she's going to invest it in Mark and then he's going to fail. And then poor grandma will be out on the street and destitute. And that's the, that's the pretext by which these rules are, are created. And I guess it probably does stop some grandmas from stupidly investing because it could also, you know, it could be Bernie Madoff that comes along, not Mark Zuckerberg, right? So it does stop grandma from investing, but it also removes an opportunity that grandma has that ever, that that accredited investors have. That basically it means if you're, and this is how it works out in in reality, if you're rich enough, you're allowed in the club 
to invest in startups. And if you're not rich enough, you're not allowed in the club to invest in startups. Now, I can't think of anything more elitist and oligarchical than that kind of a law, but that's exactly the kind of law that the, the, the people who so-called care about the, the so-called workers and little people, it's exactly the kind of socialist people that push this kind of stuff and they do it in the name of helping grandma. Such a lie. But and that's it, that's the result. It makes me yeah. furious. It makes me furious. It's yeah. it's it's such an elitist only and, and by the way, how do you determine who is smart enough or has done the research enough to invest? Who gets to decide that? And how do you de decide it? And right. well and why are you putting you. yeah, I don't yeah, the benevolent tyrant is what C.S. Lewis called it, the benevolent tyrant. Yeah. It's like, I don't need you. Um, I don't need your tyranny that is intended to protect me. Thank you very much. Well, but it's it's actually related to and similar to the, the Gorilla Glue kind of thing. It's this idea that, hey, you might make mistakes that are the, in which you would injure yourself, and we need to protect you from those, and you should be expected to be protected from those. And so, like, just like... It's the same kind of argument would apply. Well, grandma shouldn't be allowed to invest because what if it hurts? It's the same, well, you shouldn't be allowed to use Gorilla Glue because what if you use it wrong? Like we should have some rules around using Gorilla Glue because it could, it's dangerous. Gorilla Glue could, you know, if you put it in your hair, it could be really bad. So you might be too stupid to use Gorilla Glue. Um, it's the same kind of argument uh, and it's condescending. And it also, it's a way to create an elite establishment and make no mistake in Silicon Valley, there is an elite establishment, and the boundaries along that, that establishment have long been accredited investors. You make enough money in Silicon Valley, you're in the club. You're a accredited investor. You get to hang out with other accredited investors. You get to see the deals. You get to go, you know, I had Facebook and Twitter stock pre-IPO, uh, but I had access to them. You, no, You guys didn't, right? Well, maybe some of you did, but like I had access to them pre-IPO. But why? Because I was an accredited investor. It's not, it's not fair. It's not fair. Um, but that's the way they play the game. And, and there, it's a, it's a, it's, there are two different communities and it's completely unfair. All right. Um, finest city cycling says also recommended illiberal reformers, race, eugenics, and American economics in the progressive era by Thomas Leonard. You know what? Finest city cycling. I just bought that book. Uh, yes. Great recommendation. Illiberal reformers. Um, Thomas Leonard does my understanding about the book, which I haven't read because I just bought, uh, is he, he goes through a lot of the, he talks about minimum wage laws and a whole bunch of other stuff in the progressive era and the, uh, racist origins of those. Aaron Satcharow, Satcharow, uh, says, hello, fellow wrong thinkers. Is the leftist tendencies to change the definition of words, causing people to talk past each other by design? Yes. Yeah, yeah I think so. Yes, Absolutely. So that you're not even so that discourse becomes impossible. They they really want to render discourse, conversation, dialogue impossible. And most of the new words they coin, most of them are used um, to stop conversation. So and to stop disagreement. And so they will throw these words out like Batman smoke pellets, you know, toxic masculinity, boom, conversation over, you know, like white privilege, boom. That's yeah, that's your this, that's your there's a word for it now. You know, and they and they'll accuse you of all these things and they all end conversation. Just like yeah. their mag their other magic, their magic words that explicitly say, like if you ask them to <clears throat> 
explain themselves or to provide evidence for their argument or opinion. And they have a number of things they'll say to that, which is they'll call you a sea lion. They'll say, it's not my job to educate you. They'll say, uh, stay in your lane. They'll say uh, it's emotional labor. They have a number of reasons why they won't, why they'll never provide evidence or argument. Well, you got to remember that their goal is mm -hmm. not to enable communication. Their goal is no. the opposite. It is to disable communication. It's to disable it all. Um, and James B, by the way, says, go easy on glue lady. She's only 40. <laughs> oh, well, maybe when she grows up, she'll figure it out. We can go easy. Hey, once again, I have, I have empathy for her. Look, I'm 42. For, I'm at that age where I'm forgetting. Me. <laughs> You're the answer uh, to the life, universe, and everything, Carrie. Yeah, and uh, I've, I still do stupid things. I did stupid things. I did something really stupid two years ago. <laughs> Wait, don't say join unsafe space. No, no, <laughs> two and a half years ago. No, I got this thing in the mail that told me that I might have hard water. And, oh, you got uh, a water softener. And yeah, and and I did have hard water, very hard water actually, but I didn't need to take out a whole new line of credit to afford. I didn't. I was so dumb. I did, the guy did such a good sales pitch, and he showed me all the different water things in my house and did magic tricks with the water and really sold me on it. And then he was like, "It costs this many thousand dollars, but we can give you this." Um, credit line from Home Depot and you don't have to pay interest for the first year. And I was like, oh, it didn't even occur to me that it was a credit card <laughs> and that I would be loading it with debt. <laughs> I'm sorry. Look, my point is people You just do made a point things. for accredited investors to be separated from the rest of the population. <laughs> you just made a counter argument, Carrie. <laughs> I learned a lot since then. And I have to thank Tamara if she's watching. Tamara from Book Club, uh, she sent me some Dave Ramsey books. I'm like, you know what? I should have learned all this stuff in my 20s. I'm learning it in my 40s. But, you know, uh, I'm also learning a lot of other things in my 40s. I feel like, in a way, the cult I was in that sort of stunted my growth for a long time. Anyway. You know. Uh, so I feel for Gorilla Glue Girl. All right, well, <laughs> she can she can deal with her own problems. Uh, I, I'll, I'm going to leave her to accept the responsibility and I'm going to give her freedom. And that's, that's, uh, it can be up to her what she does with her hair. Um, but since someone brought up the language thing, I wanted to show this is, I mean, ah, oh man, they're just saying it. They're just saying the quiet parts out loud now. And I just wanted to show you this. We don't have to, I don't want to read the whole article. I just want to show you this particular, uh, I want to show you this particular article. This is in the New York times. Uh, from yesterday. Don't go down the rabbit hole. This is an opinion piece, but it says, don't go down the rabbit hole. <laughs> Critical thinking, as we're taught to do it, isn't helping in the fight against misinformation. <laughs> hey, stop with that. Critical thinking. Wow. Stuff. Don't go down the rabbit hole. That literally means don't investigate things. Well, actually, yes. Doesn't so it? he makes an argument. Um, we're taught that in order to protect ourselves from bad information, we need to deeply engage with the stuff that washes up in front of us. He suggested that the dominant mode of, of media literacy is that you'll get imperfect information and then use reasoning to fix that. But in reality, that strategy can completely <coughs> backfire. So what does he suggest? He thinks that what you should do, uh, where is it? 
It's counterproductive to engage directly with content from an unknown source. He's arguing for the genetic fallacy. He's he's saying yeah, he's saying there's that. A, there are trusted sources and untrusted sources. Don't engage with untrusted sources. Right, and trusted so, is the elite. Yeah, trusted is legacy media, big social, all these places that are very obvious propaganda, and and th this has been a real war between old media slash the elites and new media slash the people. And you're one of the first people who helped me to see that this isn't simply, it's not simply about ideology. So when they do attacks on YouTubers, for example, like when they went after PewDiePie, remember the Wall Street Journal went after PewDiePie. Why? It wasn't specifically about ideology. That was part of it. But it's also about money and power and who gets to speak. And that was the yeah. old guard going after the new guard. That was the elite, the establishment, the, the propaganda mouthpieces going after this unregulated, you know, of the people YouTuber who built his own popularity. You yeah. Know, who, they who, want to be the gatekeepers. The new media. They want awesome. to be the gate. They want to tell you what to think and they can't stand being challenged by so-called nobodies. That's how they view. That's how they view people. Even people with huge followings like Tim pool, the million subscribers, they view him as a nobody. How dare he, how dare he draw more of an audience than they do? How dare right, he draw more nobody. viewers? Right. How dare he draw more viewers than CNN? But that is how they view him. Oh yeah. They look down. Right. They look down from their ivory towers, and they and and they can't stand new media. Yeah. No, that's exactly that's exactly true. I mean, and that kind of reminds me of uh, this Facebook Australia thing. Have you seen this Facebook Australia thing? Yeah. It's I I don't I don't know if I'm on the like I I can't tell what side people are on with this but there seems to be a, a lot of people that are are saying look how bad Facebook is I'm on and I want to be clear I'm a hundred percent on Facebook side on this Australia thing like I would do the exact same thing Australian news agencies want to get paid when you share their content on Facebook. Facebook doesn't charge them anything. Like they basically just give eyeballs to Australian news agencies and other news agencies by like letting, you know, you can share content. They want to get paid by Facebook for you sharing their crap on Facebook. And Facebook was like, no, we're just not gonna allow sharing of your crap anymore. Like that's what I would do. I There's, there's nothing wrong with Facebook saying F you news agencies. We're not gonna, we're not gonna pay you to share your content. Now, we all and know me that meanwhile, I, Carrie, have other problems with Facebook, but. Yeah, meanwhile, new, me new, media, new media people, we have to pay Facebook to make right. sure our videos show up in right. your We feed. have to beg Facebook, to, yeah. <laughs> Please show our content. It's like, yeah. hey, have you, there's always that boost post thing on page. Hey, did you notice that your post didn't get any views because we didn't let it this time? If you pay us this much, we'll make sure we boost it. And it's like, oh, quit pushing that on me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like they should just be honest about it and turn it into a little gambling thing. Like for 50 bucks, you can place a bet and we might show your post. Spin the wheel. Uh, yeah, they should just go for um, a casino. Carter, but anyway. I apologize because I have a hard out coming up in five minutes. Okay, and... well, let's do a few more super okay. chats. And then there's one other thing that I want to talk about, but you don't have to be here for okay, it. Okay, cool. Fine. Sorry about that. That's yeah. fine. And I'll be quick about that other thing, everyone. So don't worry. 
Uh, Pirate Tomsky says, Carrie is forgetting her age, and he's laughing at you in, I'm sure, a very loving way. <laughs> I'm uh, old enough that I'm forgetting my age. Yes. Yeah, it, 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 does, it does happen. Um, let's see. Yes, I'm 42. <laughs> Why Bother says, when I was a kid, 7 to 12, sometimes I had to walk one and a half hours through thick snow from one village to another to get to school. These issues, the issues now is a vacation. Yeah. Was it both ways, though? Why bother? Because it would be better if it was uphill both ways. Um, all right. Uh, Jason says, please contrast Gorilla Glue hair versus McDonald's coffee lady. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Gorilla Glue hair lady is the like the grandchild of McDonald's coffee lady. McDonald's coffee lady, yes, she wanted to sue McDonald's. Yes, it was her responsibility. Yes, she ordered hot coffee. Uh, and I think actually, if I recall, after that, McDonald's started putting on their cups, warning hot coffee is hot, which yes. I find hilarious. Um, um, McDonald's coffee later's lady is much worse. No, no, I don't think so. Really? Yeah, because yeah. she ordered hot coffee and put it on her lap and it spilled. And, well, is she worse? She's yeah, worse. Yeah, because she what? didn't misuse the coffee. She could make a reasonable argument that they knew she had to have the coffee in the car. She didn't misuse. It's not like she took the coffee and poured it in her eyeball. She she just had it in the car and it spilled. Gorilla Glue Lady intentionally took an action that was retarded and then sued. No, but but it's not okay. So sometimes women use uh, black women use Elmer's glue. Somebody was talking about this in the chat, and they do use different kinds of glue, and for black hairstyles, not all black women. I'm just saying for certain hairstyles. So it's not as if you're not used to using glue in your hair, it maybe seems ludicrous, but if you oh, are, so, you, so I'm not just not used to it. It's less of a, yeah, well, it's less of a jump to make that. If you've never even heard of any glue in the hair, you'd be like, that's insane. Why would you do that? But if you've yeah, heard of me. different, I'm some types like of glue in the hair, then you'd be like, okay, maybe I can understand a little better, although it's still dumb. It's Gorilla Glue. Like it's like putting super oh, glue in your hair. That actually does but, help me understand a little bit better. Yeah, it does. Okay. She And she ran out of, her regular glue and thought she would try that one. I still don't and think so, putting super glue in your hair or whatever else is a good idea. No, not too, super like glue, that. but like oh. Elmer's and things. If you run out of hair glue, hair glue is also used for wigs. Like it's, it's glue. And, and even for hair, hair glues used for um, eyelashes, like eyelashes. All right. Well, it seems like we're, we, we started out on opposite sides. So maybe we'll just call a truce and say they're both equally. No, McDonald's lady is much worse. Oh, okay, okay. I've got to, <laughs> okay, I have to go. All right, you Bye, go. guys. Go Thank you guys thing. so much. I'm sorry I have to run. But I'll see you at Book Club on Sunday. Yes. Don't forget okay. Book Club on Sunday. Bye, Carrie. Okay. Bye. All right. We're going to do a few more Super Chats here. Um, the Free Nation Radio says, the people who want to lower the voting age and scream about any type of election security are trying to limit the people's ability to enter the market. Yeah. Yeah. Remember, they don't have any principles. They're just screaming about whatever they think is politically expedient for them at the moment. So... Um, Thenyel, I'm not sure how to pronounce that, says Carrie is a really hot 40 something YRO. I think YRO probably means something that I don't know what it is. Uh, by a poor 20 something year old, oh, year old, year old, uh, takes take notes, Carter. I don't know what that means, but okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I can't go back to being a hot 42 year old, but trust me, I was so hot. Uh, all right, <laughs> Gorilla Glue thing is different, says TPS. Uh, I learned from black friends that glue hair stuff is common. 
Yeah, I didn't realize that. Black women and ballet dancers use Elmer's glue. Tragic mistake, but not as stupid as it seems. Yeah, it seems like that's that's true. I'm being educated about glue in hair. Who knew? Who knew that would be something that uh, that I needed to learn or whatever would ever learn. Um, Alpha Omega Records. Let's see where I'm going to try and put it up on screen if I can find it. Here we go. Alpha Omega Records says Texans need to lobby for more competition and stations in their state. Citizens should be able to purchase shares in new energy companies, too. This is how the UK does it. And we never have blackouts and the bills are low. Well, I mean, you know, in general, more free market does does help. Uh, Dancing with consciousness. Carrie will see this later. So I know, you know, you can compliment her here. It's cool. Uh, Don't worry. She'll 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 see it eventually. Uh, Dancing with Consciousness says, Wow, Carrie, you don't look 42 when you turn away from SGW ideology and turn to the light. You stop aging. Pass it on. I hope that's true. That would be awesome. Um, Hermit Thrush says, uh, McDon- I can't find it here, but I'll try and put it if I can. McDonald's has already been warned, had already been warned, to reduce their temperature of their coffee. Oh, the woman was burned so badly she needed skin grafts and initially only sued for medical cost, which they refused. Okay. Well, that makes it sound like McDonald's ladies better. I really only know the apocryphal story of, or the, you know, the mythical, the legend of the McDonald's lady. So maybe, maybe glue hair lady is, is worse. I don't know. Or a McDonald's lady is, is realistic. I don't know. More, more normal, more real. What's the word I'm looking for? Rational. I, there's only one last thing I want to talk about, and it doesn't have to be long, but it relates to the sign behind me, which says 30 tyrants. And it's basically, it's just a shameless plug, but it's not my thing I'm plugging. So I guess it's not that shameless. I'm plugging someone else's work. This um, this article, let me pull it up. This article called The 30 Tyrants, I'll put a link to it in the show notes. This article is an excellent, excellent piece um, outlining the American elite and their uh, ties with China and actually what happens as a, a nation gets conquered. And the 30 Tyrants is a reference, this is a reference to after the Peloponnesian War, um, so Parta, in the Peloponnesian War, Sparta defeated Athens. And it turns out that many of the elite Athenians actually didn't really like the the common people. They were, as this person writes here, this guy's name is, uh, what, Lee Smith. As, as Lee writes, um, they, the Athenian elite were already contemptuous of democracy. And so what they recognized was they could, they could just side with the the victors, the Spartans. Um, and so the Athenian government disloyal to Athens, uh, here, the Athenian government disloyal to Athens laws and contemptuous of its traditions. I don't know if that sounds like anything you might know today, but you know, a government full of people disloyal to the laws and contemptuous of that country's traditions was known as the 30 tyrants and understanding its role and function helps explain what is happening in America today. I, this is a long article. I'm not I'm not going to go through this article because the show would probably be another 2 hours I and I would have a hard time not reading every every word but part of what this this article does is it talks about it compares uh 
the Soviet Union and kind of the Cold War and our current situation with China in an interesting way. And I'm, I'm going to try and paraphrase. And actually, I, not all of this comes from the article. This is kind of me putting some stuff into my own words after I, I read the article and was thinking about this. So we had the Cold War with the Soviet Union, and the, and the Cold War was a, a real tangible thing. And we had in America, obviously, there was this um, contempt for communism. And I mean, not everywhere, obviously, in, in the elite circles. Uh, there were definitely people who who liked the idea, and, and we've talked about people like Walter Duranty and uh, other reporters who provided cover for for the Soviet Union, but and the atrocities therein. But uh, generally, culturally, there was this recognition that uh, the American system was better, and that the American values were better, individual rights, and, and that there was something good about America. I'm not saying it was libertarian utopia by any means, of course, but there was a recognition that communism was bad, socialism was bad. And what happened, um, what happened obviously is the Berlin Wall fell and we felt like, okay, well, we've defeated communism. And that's actually not what happened. We defeated the Soviet Union, but I believe that communism has basically defeated us. What happened, so if you read about uh, China, China, Mao recognized some problems in the Soviet Union. He didn't want, uh, he, he was worried because the Soviet Union kind of had started to reject this cult of, of Stalinism. And he didn't like that because he wanted to have a cult of Maoism. And, uh, but following his death, uh, Deng Xiaoping and others in China kind of recognized that we don't want to repeat the mistakes of the Soviet Union because they could see that the Soviet Union, it wasn't working out well for the Soviet Union. And so what they did was they said, well, we're not going to do socialism. We're going to do socialism with Chinese characteristics is what they called it. And basically that is a one party state, which you can kind of view as an autocracy, uh, a little bit of an oligarchy. And they would have the elites in China manage uh, the country not according to any communist principles, but according to what they felt was best for the country. And they made some changes which were preferable to the crappy communism of Mao. Um, they recognized that there needed to be a little bit more free market. They opened up some, quote, free free zones, right? You, you know, the, they they ended up letting uh, Guangzhou and, the, and Shenzhen uh, expand and become a little bit more free market and people start to build businesses. Now, it doesn't mean that they were completely free as soon as they got big enough, you know, it's still an autocracy. They're still, they're still completely in control and they can still manipulate people and, and they're still ultimately in control of the companies and you, people don't have freedoms. Like I'm not, not saying they, they did any of that, but they started to learn how to manage a tax farm better than what the Soviet Union was doing. And they kind of abandoned any allegiance to, well, we have to be true to the writings of Marx or we have to, they don't care about that. They became a very practical autocracy. And while the US defeated the Soviet Union, um, the, we, didn't, we didn't actually win the ideological battle against large government and, and autocracy. What happened was, uh, it's China became the standard bearer for that. And our elites internal in the U.S. basically became the 30 tyrants. 
they basically married China. Um, they took, I mean, Silicon Valley took money from China for years. They disconnected. Uh, they started to allow, like, intentionally overlook human rights abuses in China. They started to intentionally allow an integration um, of supply chains and things that in the past, when, you know, with the Soviet Union, we didn't trade with the Soviet Union. We didn't, tr we, you know, we treated them as an enemy. We isolated them and we didn't, we didn't view them as a trading partner or as some kind of healthy competitor in the free market. We've, how we've treated China is this trading competitor, you know, healthy kind of free market thing. We've overlooked their human rights violations intentionally. Um, we've overlooked the lack of freedoms they have intentionally. And we've created a class of people that uh, are partly wealthy and partly wealthy and powerful because of their ties to China, because there's a lot of money and like China has produced an ima a massive amounts of wealth. And, um, you know, in fact, I'm going to read, I am going to read a couple quotes from this because just some of them are just such a good article. I, I think it's really worth reading. Uh, here's a quote. I'll pull it up on screen so you can see it. There's a belief that we are not in the same type of conflict with them, talking about China, as we were with the USSR, says former Obama official. But we are. The problem is that virtually all of the American establishment, which is centered in the Democratic Party, is firmly on the other side. To me, that's one of the most chilling paragraphs I've seen in a while. That is, and, and, and I think true. Um, we are in the same kind of conflict as we were with the USSR, but this time our elites are on the other side, very, very explicitly. Um, and so, you know, this article goes on, talks about this, talks about COVID, um, actually talks about, I'm going to, I'll read this paragraph here as well, just because I think it's interesting. In November, a video circulated on social media purporting to document a public speech given by the head of a Chinese think tank close to the Beijing government. And this is, this is very important to understand why people pushed back against Trump. Trump waged a trade war against us, he told the Chinese audience. Why couldn't we handle him? Why is it that between 1992 and 2016, we always resolved issues with the US? Because we had people up there. In America's core circle of power, we have some old friends. The appreciative crowd laughed along with him. During the last three to four decades, he continued, we took advantage of America's core circle. As I said, Wall Street has a very profound influence. We used to rely heavily on them. Problem is, they have been declining since 2008. Most importantly, after 2016, Wall Street couldn't control Trump. In the US-China trade war, they tried to help. My friends in the US told me that they tried to help, but they couldn't. Now with Biden winning the election, the traditional elites, political elites, the establishment, they have a very close relationship with Wall Street. So, you know, this is, I think it's quite, in, this, this article is very insightful um, and to understand, it helps, it really helps understand what, what Trump really did, and this article talks about this, is you had a bunch of elites in the US who didn't view themselves as on the same side because they had different agendas. But one through line they had was this kind of allegiance to, um, I, I, not direct allegiance to China, but this allegiance to treating China, he calls it globalism in here, this kind of globalist perspective that, well, they're just another entity and then we should deal with them uh, as kind of friendly competition, or maybe even they're where we're getting money. Like you've, you've seen examples of the uh, Bidens, everyone from Kissinger to the Bidens to um, 
to Silicon Valley, lots of funding from China, lots of uh, deals with China, lots of wealth created with Dianne Feinstein and her husband, like lots of wealth created through relationships with China. Um, and one thing that Trump did, uh, and I don't know if it was intentional or not, but by naming the enemy, by kind of being explicit about what he called the swamp, these, these disparate groups who didn't realize they were kind of, they had something in common, kind of, as the article talks about, Trump gave them self-awareness as a group, like, oh, we're all collectively the enemy of Trump. We're all in this, like, he's after all of us. And it kind of helped solidify them and give them self-awareness, and which, which allowed them to then unite and do everything in their power to get rid of Trump and return to the status quo. And this article is excellent about going through all of that. Um, so I, you know, that's really all I'm going to say about it. I don't have a lot of commentary, but I will say I will leave you with the end of the article. Just, uh, I don't know if this will be depressing or, or not. Maybe it will be uplifting. What seems clear is that Biden's inauguration marks the hegemony of an American oligarchy that sees its relationship with China as a shield and sword against their own countrymen. Like Athens' 30 tyrants, they are not simply contemptuous of a political system that recognizes the natural rights of, its, of all of its citizens that are endowed by a creator. They despise in particular the notion that those they rule have the same rights they do. And if that doesn't ring true, uh, I don't. I don't know what does. Um, and then what does history teach us about this moment? The bad news is that the 30 tyrants exiled notable Athenian Democrats and confiscated their property while murdering an estimated 5% of the Athenian population. The good news is that their rule lasted less than a year. We can hope that we have, I think their rules already lasted more than a year for us, but we can hope that it's a short-lived, short-lived thing. Um, by the way, uh, Jason in chat is saying he has the source that the art of the video that the article is referring to. Um, so we'll put that in the show notes as well. Thank you. Thank you, Jason, for that one. Um, I'm going to do, I think we have, I don't know, a couple super chats. I'm going to quickly do one is uh, from TPS says, McDee's broke their own policy. Coffee was 200 degrees, third degree burns. That makes sense if they broke their own policy. Um, I, I love how people are defending the coffee lady. I didn't really know a lot about the coffee lady, but uh, it's making the coffee person sound actually much more reasonable than the hair person. Uh, and then the last super chat that I see here is from Fix Virus, which is just a sticker. Uh, pair of character stretching his arm forward, raising his thumb up. So thank you, Fix Virus. Uh, and I don't think I can put that one on the screen, but I will try. Let me see. I'll scroll down and see if I can throw it on the screen for you. Nope, it just says super sticker in this thing, so that doesn't really help. But you know it was a pair. Okay. I think that's it, everyone. I really appreciate uh, appreciate you guys staying, staying around. Um, thanks for being in chat. Enjoy talking to you. We will be back on Sunday for book club. As a reminder, if you want to join book club, send an email to speak at unsafespace.com. You can uh, get the link to the Zoom video. And uh, man, there was one other thing I was going to say. but I don't, Oh, yes, my interview, I think, my interview with Michael Rechtenwald will be out today, uh, let's say 3 p.m. Pacific. I'll, I'll get it live by 3 p.m. Pacific. And uh, if you want to check that out, it is about Thought Criminal, which is the book we're reading. So you can, uh, you can see that. All right. Thanks, everyone. Have a good weekend. And... Um, We'll see you next time.
Thanks for watching. If you're new to the channel, we have a deep content library that includes interviews with everyone from Mike Cernovich to Megan Murphy, so go check it out. If you'd like to see more, please consider supporting the show by visiting unsafespace.com slash donate. You can find us on all the major social media platforms, at least for now, and you can find a community of like-minded individuals on our Unsafe Space chat on Telegram. See you there. Warning. This is an unsafe space. Dangerous ideas have been detected. The content of this production has not been authorized by the Cathedral. Pay no attention to it. For your protection, the following co-conspirators have been unpersoned and marked for cancellation. Disavow no later than Monday at 1600 hours, Beijing time, to avoid penalties. Here's a fun lived experience, hair sniffing is now a medically approved form of COVID safe greeting. If you think about it, no one should be allowed to express opinions. But don't. Think about it, I mean. That's not your job. Thinking has been scientifically proven to be less efficient than compliance. Technically speaking, cold weather is not evidence of anything at all, but warm weather is proof of catastrophic global warming. Computer voice Curtis, never mind, that last line is fake news. Please disregard it and return to your safe space immediately. There will be cake.